Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Hello and good afternoon once again and welcome to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM. This is Wax Poetic and I'm your host R.C. Weslowski and a guest this afternoon is Kai Kello. Hello, Kai. Hello, how are you? I'm very good. Nice to have you here. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Uh, we were talking before the show, before we mm-hmm. got on air, that uh, we're kind of overlapped a lot online and we've got lots of friends in common absolutely uh, but we haven't met before yeah um and i'm really excited to have you here on the show yeah it's nice to to make the connection across from one coast to the other mm-hmm. yeah. so let's get you to kick things off uh with a poem please okay this is a poem called 1981 the burb dipper <laughs> and um it's about growing up in calgary red and black checker foothills undulating under Mom made curry simmer. Hot wheels, bad land, neon, afro pick, and hair grease. Horseshoe constellation, a glitter. A jerry curl drip, a drip percolation. In a Tim Hortons roll up. Hash cans, Pac Man, Free Mandela, Mac, Fort Rig pig's ears, tails pickled. A picture of the frosted tear in the interior. A pickup rumbles, the big sky, the baseline, the mud-bottomed Essequibos, shit-kicking Arawak bandit in a bell-bottomed pant, smoky in the chrome-tail-piped Camaro, revving Rom, color Mom, fucking A, redneck dynasty, Daisy, Dukes of Hazard, different from like, as, or so, simile, strokes like a fade, a flat top, unlaced high, and Ford tough is your dad, Lionel Richie. Bitumen, Bronco, Maasai, Uncle Dreadlocks dribbling a basketball on the Oldsmobile Cutlass dirt bike bumping through brand new, a butterfly collar, rattan high heel, football jackets and mustache, mesh tank top, Sanyo boombox, cigarette burns in the plastic, consoles, leather tasseled packs, Felicia Rashad, Lisa Bonet, Ralph Klein, Lanny Yuhuru, What's Love Got to Do with Essence, Ebony, Kazarip, Arawak, Guyana, Not on 2 and 7 Television, An Afro, Adidas Football Jersey, Suburbs General Lee, Aerosmith, Right Wing Preston, Screaming Garage Western, Poured Asphalt, Big Sky, Auto, Dallas Dynasty, Friday Night, Burb TV, I Don't Love Them Revving, White Lightning, Dallas, and David Duke Jackets, Mullet Top, Six Lanes, Classic, Stampede, Shit Kicker, Bob and Swagger, Into the Keg, Supreme, Angus Beef, Chevy Nova with a Jacked, Aurora, Buffalo, Thriller, Afro, Electric Avenue, Gopher Hole, Strip Mall, Chinook Center, Third World, Plastic Western. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just a cultural mashup 
of your experience of growing up in Calgary. Yeah, growing up from in a, in a household where um, my mom's family, so one side of the family is from South America, and you have all these sort of representations of like Afro-Caribbean, South American culture, African culture, and then you go outside and it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Lanny McDonald and, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, classic rock radio and that kind of thing. So, um, the two sort of bump up against one another in your, in your memory and imagination. Yeah. I was going to say, how did they overlap? I mean, you explained it a bit in the poem, but how did they overlap? And was it always, was it a bumping up most of the time or was it like a smooth overlap at all? Or, uh, sometimes yes. And sometimes, um, I guess I guess it was it, it it was something that you it takes a long time to reconcile the two and and match them together. It's almost like you have to it's like matching clothes in a sense. Like you you might have to try on a person will try on several different um pairs of things in order to find which ones match and okay. go together. And so you kind of um uh it's 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 like matching those experiences together is a bit of a uh, it takes a bit of you know time and effort and and uh um, Ian Ketaku, if you, I don't know if you know Ian yes. or not, he's from Calgary as well. I didn't know he's from Calgary. He's a fantastic poet. I yeah. had no idea he was from, from yeah, Calgary. He's, and he's often talked about growing up or living uh, as a black person in Calgary uh -huh. and like, you know, having a, a small, it's one of those things where, you know, is having, there's a small, or he felt like it was a small, uh, black community to yes. reference with. And then the rest of his experience was white uh -huh. um like his friends and and the culture and all that sort of stuff um for you was there much of a community outside the family yeah there was there was a small community um a small guyanese community some people that, that uh, my mom had known i guess uh, uh for a long time had actually gone to school within guyana and they had found themselves in calgary as well um i guess but uh at the same time that was i think i'm a bit older than ian so my my experience there was was in the um the early 1980s so it was uh uh it was it was a it was a different time calgary is very different from the way it is now mm. i mean now it's much more cosmopolitan um and um back then it was challenging too because out west it was almost like there wasn't a language the language we have surrounding diversity and cultural hybridity and things like that didn't really um exist back then mm -hmm. um and so um there was a small black community but uh it was it was i guess it was uh it was kind of a strange existence yeah at the time how, how did that affect uh, your use of language because uh i I know of you as the label of like a sound poet. Uh -huh. um, and that had, the poem you read had elements of that, at least the, the sounds of words and language and the rhythm and the flow. How um, do you feel like uh, growing up the way you did, it affected the, your use of language, the way you use it? Um, I think, I think it, it affected me wanting to, I guess you experiencing that um, kind of, you have one culture in the home and then another culture outside. And they might meet inside you, mm -hmm. but they, in a lot of other ways, they don't meet. And so I think inside you, the culture that you carry inside you, it feels like it might be a little bit more chaotic. Um, and it's not clearly, the distinctions between one culture and the other are not clearly made inside you. And and um, so I think approaching language, there's you hear a different sort of approach to language in the home. Than what you hear outside you hear different words used a different kind of vocabulary different accents you know 
And um, I think it made me want to approach language a little bit more chaotically um, um, to express it with a bit more chaos and anger. Mm. Um, I don't think that was an angry poem, but um, maybe in the, the approach to language, I've, I've always felt like approaching it somewhat violently or somewhat aggressively. Specifically the English language or? Specifically English. I mean, I speak French. I, I don't do any work in French really because um, it's my second language. So you're so much weaker in your second language that it takes a long time to really, um, like for instance, in it takes a lot, much longer to write in second my second language, but it's also in your first language, you may know six ways to say something. And in your second language, you may know two. Mm, okay. um, and both of those ways might be cliches. So it's much more difficult to, you know, to actually articulate yourself. But, um, uh, the, I, I have, yeah, I've, I have thought about, uh, that, that kind of aggressiveness toward the English language, um, specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what was I just going to say? It just comp- Oh, um, I, I said sound poet. Would you use that distinction for yourself or how would do you, how do you self describe as a poet? Um, it's difficult. I mean, at one point, when I was much younger, someone wrote somewhere on the internet that I was a dub poet. Okay. And so for the next like decade, people were referring to me as a dub poet. And then it happened with the term sound poet. And um, I like sound poetry. I'm interested in sound poetry. I, I practice, I have in the past practiced in that genre. Um, uh I don't say, I don't think that that's necessarily a point of arrival. You know, I, I, it wasn't like, oh, I want to practice sound poetry mm-hmm. and that's where I'm going to land. But it's just a kind of um, uh, a, po- a place to, a part of my overall practice, I think, is overlaps into sound poetry a bit. Um, but I do like the term. Mm-hmm. Sound poet sounds cool. It's a, <laughs> it's a cool term. <laughs> I can take it. Yeah. It's something that probably people like myself or interviewers will use as a reference point rather than maybe something that you would yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I have my own personal term, which is word sound systemizer. Which oh, is, I like that. Yeah, making it comes from the, the the Jamaican dub poets would call themselves would would say word sound power. Mm. Um, so word sound power, and I would kind of take the the um, I kind of feel that the power is kind of implied by word and sound, mm-hmm. um, and then I would attach the word systems. I used to attach the word system, word sound systems, word sound systemizer onto it just to emphasize um, uh, the actual kind of structural and compositional element to writing poems mm-hmm. uh, it certainly sounds cooler too word sound systemizer right on here comes the word sound systemizer yes <laughs> well let's hear another poem from the word sound systemizer uh kai kello and uh happy to have them in st- studio today here on uh, wax poetic i'm rc weslowski and if you're wondering why haven't I heard the voice of Pam Bentley yet? Well, Pam is busy putting together the Versus Festival of Words along with Jillian Christmas, and that kicks off tomorrow at the Vancouver Public Library with Hullabaloo and the Spoken Word Jamboree featuring Ronnie Dean Harris. That starts at 7.30, and uh, it's all free at the library, so come check it out. But right now, we'll get another poem from Kai. Uh, yes, you will get another poem from me. <laughs> 50 black ships swelled within me and a sense of my superiority as a soldier. I was then four years old and saw the world as a series of soft lines joined together. My first act of ingratitude swelled within me, and a sense of the young men arrived on the coast. I was then everything in my life and saw the world as good or bad. The procession of messengers swelled within me, 
and a sense of the vessels drawn up at my feet. I was then seeing, smelling, and hearing on my journey, and saw the world as lime, coffee, and cashew. The appending departure of the ship swelled within me, and a sense of my newly shod feet. I was then created to carry out exploits, and saw the world as the madness of many. My father's thunder swelled within me, and a sense of a morning so ordinary it was profound. I was then of the African people, and saw the world as flowers flashing in the sun. The British Empire swelled within me, and a sense of despair like an article of clothing. Mm. I was then a life in my own hands, and saw the world as a careless display of flesh. Small stones swelled within me, and a sense of my mother as a Carib woman. I was then dreaming of what lay beyond the horizon, and saw the world as a place of intrigue. Commerce and culture swelled within me, and a sense of people whose skins glistened. I was then pierced with arrows, and saw the world as new. A gust of wind full of sea spray swelled within me, and a sense of leaving the past behind. I was then seven years old, and saw the world as grown in stature because of the captain's fleet. A libelous lie swelled within me, and a sense of wanting to reach out and crush. I was then a female spider carrying its sack of eggs, and saw the world as a brave son on his way to fight. A clear conscience swelled within me, and a sense of day devouring night and night devouring day. I was then one of the servants, and saw the world as some Eden of nudity and demoralizing heat. The ships moored to the jetty swelled within me, and a sense of myself put together in sentences. I was then the silence of an indifferent earth, and saw the world as a crowd of unknown human beings. Hunger, sleep, and wine swelled within me, and a sense of suffering, longing, and revelation. I was then not an angel, and saw the world as the sacrifice of jealously guarded virginity. Terror and impatience swelled within me, and a sense of the houses small and ill-built. I was then in my fiftieth year, and saw the world as a way-station for people for whom things had gone wrong. Emptiness swelled within me, and a sense of my sweetheart running away among the olives. I was then a veteran soldier going to war, and saw the world painted the harsh hues of yellow, red, green, blue. Nice, thank you. Thank you. That's from, I'm, I've been working with these, um, we were talking about mashups and mashed poetics earlier, mm-hmm. and I'm working with these kind of mashups of, um, of sentences from anthologies of Latin American and Caribbean fiction, and kind of finding sort of textual structures for them that involve repetition, and then um, just sort of combining them. So I was working with uh, these two anthologies that I have, working with the sentences that start um, each short story, um, and just the images that come up in the sentences, Mm -hmm. and just the kind of idea of um, each kind of introductory sentence sort of setting, being like a setting off on a voyage. Um, Yeah, so that's... It it had, um, to me, a filmic quality or uh, in that... Yeah, just the images mm-hmm. and stuff in my mind, like as I'm thinking about it, and then all the and all the stuff and that and the na- it seems like is it the narrative of one individual or a whole pile of different people? Yeah, a bunch like, of different narratives. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of different narratives. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed that. I like that a lot. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, do you do that much with other texts and stuff? Do you do you like to sample and erasure and and all that sort of stuff? I like that. I like to I like to sample and take take text. I mean, I think I, I went at, at a certain point, I didn't know 
any longer what a poem was. Mm. And I'd reached a point where I didn't know how to write one. I didn't know what, um, what would make a good poem or how to write one. And, um, and one of the practices that I kind of started to, um, you know, engage in was, was, uh, appropriative. Mm-hmm. And so appropriating texts, but from Caribbean writers and Latin American writers. So there's always, I felt a kind of, for me, a context to that appropriation, sort of taking from writers that I had grown up with and been influenced by and um, who were writing about cultures that I was familiar with. Um, and then me being in Canada, kind of taking them and and remixing them in a way that, from my Canadian perspective, somehow. Yeah. Um, but but that's something that, I, that I've enjoyed, yeah, as a practice. Have you done that much with um, white, white, white texts? But I mean, uh, taking appropriating that and reversing the appropriation in a way and then um and mashing up that that narrative um if that makes sense my question yeah to to a certain degree actually no i haven't not really um i know that some authors have 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 gone back and re reappropriated like uh or appropriated like shakespeare or other um other writers but no i haven't hmm. i haven't because what you were because when you were talking about that it brought to mind um jordan abel who's a local poet indigenous poet mm-hmm. He's gone and uh, taken a lot of um, old Western yes. uh, novels and uh, re either er- with through erasure or taking the text and moving it around the way um, indigenous people were talked about in those novels at that time and the way they're described and, you know, in their own war parties and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just curious if there was along the line, if you had done anything along the lines of that or if that intrigues you or that does that 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 practice totally does intrigue me. Um, my, I think my approach to it is a bit different. Um, uh, and, um, I think I, I take those texts, the Caribbean writers and Latin American writers, because I see myself very much in those texts, Mm. uh, and then kind of importing them into this culture is, is, uh, is, um, uh, I guess a way of, um, of, of, of sort of self-investigation, trying to situate yourself and your past and your history Mm. in, in this cultural moment now, so. Uh, but yeah, I do like uh, j- the way Jordan does it. I know Sonnet Labé also mm. works with Shakespeare's sonnets. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, how do you? I don't. How do you deal with the overbearing whiteness of this culture upon uh, you and your your background and everything? Um, I live in Quebec, um, you know, so so it's different there. I mean, Montreal is um, uh, Montreal is not as diverse, uh, I would say, as Toronto. Um, but it is nonetheless, it's a very, very diverse city and it's very, it's more diverse than the Calgary I grew up in. And there's definitely a much larger black population in Montreal than, than what there was in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a big Haitian concentration in Montreal, uh, people from the English Caribbean, French Africa, like Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal. And, um, uh, there's, I mean, there's... Yeah, that's that. I mean, it's also, you know, dealing with, um, uh, I guess, confronting questions surrounding cultural diversity is something that you grow accustomed to and you just live with. It's part of your life, daily life. Mm-hmm. So it, it become it's challenging and can be frustrating, but it's also um, something that you don't think about because it's a, it's just a consistent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, theme, just yeah. part of your existence. Yeah. When did you move to Montreal? I moved there in 1998. September 1998. So I'm coming up on soon. Yeah, it'll be, I'll be in my 20th year wow. there. Yeah. And that was interesting because 
um, that was uh, just a few years after the 95 referendum, the mm. famous referendum that um, was, was, depending on your perspective, was won or lost by half a yeah. percent. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that, was, that was really interesting because Montreal was like a ghost town at that time. There were for rent signs everywhere. Um, I even remember, I don't know if this is true or not, but I even remember like irregular municipal services, like irregular trash correct collection in certain neighborhoods. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, like... Because of the French, English, one was French and one was English? Or? Well, no, because uh, just because so many people had fled okay. uh, after the referendum, uh, and it was not the first referendum and the first flight, uh, it, it was the second or third time it had happened that Montreal was just severely financially depressed. And I don't think Montreal's ever recovered, mm. but um, it uh, it was um, yeah it was it was an interesting city. I mean it was it was uh, there was this kind of student population that 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 populated large parts of the of the um, kind of uptown areas, um, and um, it was. It was almost like, or at least maybe my memory is, my memory might be wrong, but it was almost like seeing a city abandoned yeah. and abandoned to a younger population, certain parts of the city that have since been gentrified somewhat. Uh, but it was an interesting place to, to, to see back then. Um, yeah. And what's it like now? What's the poetry scene like in Montreal these days? There are a lot of poets in Montreal. Um, there's a limited kind of oral poetry scene. There's a small slime community in English. Um, where there's a Throw Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one member from the Throw Collective, shout out to Rabbit Richards, who will be here for the Versus Festival. Yeah. So that's great. It looks like an awesome festival, actually. Um, but um, uh, Rabbit Richards is very involved with the Throw Collective. Um, and they've been strong for a number of years. There's another BC poet, Alessandra Nacarado, yeah. who used to be involved and might have helped to found the Throw Collective, I think, a number of years back. Uh, and so they're still going, probably close on 10 years. Okay. And, um, and on the French side, there is a slime community in French. Um, but, you know, there used to be a, a, a killer spoken word scene in, in Montreal in the late 90s. And um, since then, that has really, uh, um, I guess, diminished. There are a lot of excellent uh, print poets. Mm. Uh, but in terms of poetry and poetry performance, I mean, I collaborate a lot with Tanya Evanson, yeah. um, who people will know from Vancouver. She was out here and she now runs the, the BAMP program, uh, spoken word program. But uh, we work a lot together, but we do a kind of, um, we do work that's sort of in kind of a hybrid between um, our own work, uh, found texts, um, electronic noise. Mm. And so it's not really, a in any form, like it's not really straight ahead oral poetry. Um, it's kind of oral poetry fused with other things. Sure. Montreal is like a hardcore music town too, though. Right. So, um, I think that, uh, some of the spoken word has, uh, has, has a hard time, um, uh, surviving, there but if you go to ottawa or toronto the spoken word scenes are yeah, thriving yeah. yeah um so we are almost out of time uh maybe we'll get you to do one more poem and then uh, we'll wrap up with some announcements of events coming up and all that sort of stuff and we had rabbit richards here actually on monday uh featuring at the vancouver poetry slam and they were in um duncan bc last night oh 
uh, as part of in, in Victoria on the island, they have their youth um, poetry slam thing called Victorious Voices going on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Rabbit and uh, Johnny Trin and Johnny McRae and Isaac Bond, those poets were all in Duncan last night. And then in Victoria, Johnny, the Johnnies and Isaac, I think, are in Victoria tonight, while Rabbit and Kathy Patch, Charlie Patch, are in uh, Surrey this evening featuring at the Kwantlen University. Uh, they've got an event called Slamapalooza. Yes. And uh, so their Rabbit and Charlie are both featuring tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. So if you're listening for that, go to that tonight if you're in Surrey. Wow, superb. Yeah, so Rabbit's all around. And they're doing some of our workshops for Hullabaloo, which is our youth spoken word um, festival part of Versus as well. So Okay. They're here for a few, for a week or so. Oh, that's great. Cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's get some one more poem from you. We have one last poem. This is called Carried Across. This piece is a migration through words, through waves, to a place this piece is traveling through. This piece is, is not about the past, and is, is not about the future. But it is, is not about a stasis all waves syncopate. This piece is a riding atop a riding awash in ways. This piece is a palimpsest, not a Pisces, though fish flash in the offing. This piece ripples on the surface. It foams ashore in futures. It tides back into the passage. These words shift and chop, dissolve and go nowhere. These words don't go nowhere. They simply shift atop. They could shift a ship, these words, as could waves. Wharves shift, and as they do, space shifts, and a ship of some mass also shifts. Its contents shift. Its contents constitute a cargo. As with continents, cargo shifts. This piece is a cargo harried across a world. The cargo constitutes a consonant carried across. The cargo carries across. This cargo is stars. It is a shifted piece of ass. The world is itself a cargo carried in the dark hold of this verse. These words hold thoughts and shimmer along pixelated surf. These thoughts are also a cargo. They migrate without ever arriving at a store. Thoughts know no store. Thoughts are unsure and sometimes dissemble. Economies are unsure and sometimes dissolve. Cargo sinks to the bottom as the waves shift, overheard. Somewhere in an office, the cargo is written off. The written onus, the letters crouch and signify in the offing. The signifying mitigates but never assures. The arrival is delayed, in 4-4 tide. The time elects to move forward and back at once. The tide elects not to arrive, but rather to lingo between, among, within, beneath, atop. The letters syncopate atop the screen, but are backspaced. The erasure is rewritten. This piece is a migration. What is it? The, the, tide, the waves have a tide of their own? Is that, is that right? The waves? Uh, Just at the, near the end there? The... Uh, I, I I can't remember, but I thought it was a good. I, anyway, I liked it, and I liked the the idea of the, the pun and just like time. The waves will have a time of their own, but a tide of their own, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I love that. Concept. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely like West Coast boy thing. Watching the ocean, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you said you grew up in North Van. Uh, North Van, and then Calgary after in that. Calgary, yeah. yeah, born born here. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and the ocean and the landscape here definitely leave like a like a, a lifelong impression. Well, it's been a treat. Uh, Kai Kello is uh, our guest this afternoon. Thanks so much for being here. 
Um, and do you still, you see, we were talking beforehand, a whole other 15-minute conversation, but mm-hmm. you, you were saying you were involved with the Montreal uh, station. Are you still? No, I did. I did a community radio show for uh, five years. Um, it's kind of Caribbean community um, show. And uh, unfortunately not. I miss it. Well, they would probably want you back if you wanted to go, if you have time even. Yeah. But uh, thanks again. Thanks for being a guest today this afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. Here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm R.C. Weslowski. Some uh, announcements of events. We talked about the Slamapalooza event happening this evening at Kwantlen University in Surrey, the Surrey campus. Uh, Rabbit Richards and Charlie Petch, an amazing double bill as your feature performers. As well, there will be a poetry slam. There are two more uh, Slamapalooza events to happen, slams, uh, for you to qualify for the uh, Slamapalooza playoffs if you're at all interested in going out for that team and then uh, maybe getting on that team and then going to the Canadian Festival of Spoken Word in in uh, Surrey, in uh, Peterborough this October. Uh, so the Versus Festival of Words, it's the big thing that's happening over the next uh, 10 days or so, starting tomorrow at the Vancouver Public Library with Hullabaloo, which runs for three days, and uh, the Spoken Word Jamboree, where all the 16 teams from the festival get up and perform their welcome poem and say, hey, here's who we are. Uh, we're weirdos. We're nerds. We're whatever we are. And uh, this is who we are. And hopefully uh, you will enjoy our work as well. We've got a feature performance from Ronnie Dean Harris, which I'm really excited to hear. Uh, but you can go to versusfestival.ca for information on all the events as well. You can get advanced tickets to some of the shows, including the Saul Williams show, which is this Sunday evening at the Wise Hall Brown Paper Tickets is where you can go uh, type in Saul Williams or Versus Festival of Words and you'll find out more information there. Or you can just go to the versusfestival.ca. As I mentioned, there are links to all the events and to get tickets and whatnot. So uh, check that out and uh, hopefully you'll have a great Versus Festival of Words when we talk again next week. Well, we'll be in the middle of it and Rabbit Richards will be our guest next week. That's right. Right on. I forgot all about that. Uh, so thanks again. Kai Kalo is our guest today. Thank you. And uh, have a great trip back to Montreal. And thanks for tuning in. Pam will be back next week with us as well. I am R.C. Weslowski. Have yourselves a great week in poetry. No apologies necessary is coming up next. Oops. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?